Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. Welcome back to the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast. I have an amazing guest for you guys. I brought in Monica Denias. She is a therapist for women, also entrepreneurs. And I have had my DMs full of questions about the mental aspects of healing and setting boundaries for stress because I talk about stress management all the time. So I brought on a pro. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I am a therapist for women and entrepreneurs. I help women specifically stop questioning themselves so they can feel confident in both life and business. I find all the time, especially with women entrepreneurs, we, we question a lot of our decisions. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of our decisions are driven for our own livelihood and even just women specifically, whether it is, um, questioning if you are in the right stage of life or questioning if, um, you are doing all the right things for your children. Like there's just so much, um, just feeling like the lack of uncertainty. And I think even with like having the pandemic going on, we've like have a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty mm-hmm. where things are going to go. Um, so yeah, so I, the therapeutic approach that I use is called cognitive behavioral therapy, which basically teaches women how to rewire their framework of thinking so that they could change their behaviors. And then I also use solution brief focus therapy, which is very solution focused, less problem focused, less, um, pathology focused, right? We think of mental health. Um, we think of like mental illness and we think of anxiety, a label with solution brief focus, we really focus on the tangible action items um, instead of the actual problem, which is a unique approach. I feel that not a lot of therapists mm-hmm. use, um, but yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Oh, that is so necessary because I, I know that, you know, this, but <laughs> I know that my women with PCOS, PMDD, they you start to identify as endometriosis, PCOS, and instead, no, it's something you're dealing with, something you're healing from all of that stuff, which can be such a mindset. Um, So, okay. I'm not even sure where to start because there's so many things that we need to talk about. Um, But let's start first with setting boundaries with our mental health. Where do we even start with that? Yeah, I think first is identifying if you if you found yourself first identify the conflicts in your life. Like what are things that you've been avoiding things that you, after you say yes, you tend to feel kind of icky inside. You feel like, Oh man, I I shouldn't have said yes to that. That's going to give you a little bit of insight of where boundaries may need to be in place. And I think people think of boundaries as like walls, right? Like we're going to put these walls so nobody can get in but boundaries are more your limits, your threshold of tolerance. Like what are some things that I could absolutely be okay with? And what are some things that, you know, just really affect my, I call it your inner peace. Like your boundaries are what protect your peace. So if Mm -hmm. you're, if you're looking at what are the boundaries I need to put in place, what are the things that protect your peace? What are your values? I, I always love to tell clients, what do you value the most in life? Because 
when you do boundary setting as a way of honoring your values, you will feel more aligned and you will feel more equipped to actually um, keep your boundaries. And I think that's the biggest thing. Boundaries are about you. Boundaries are not about others. Boundaries are not about keeping others away. Boundaries are about protecting your inner peace and your inner world. Okay. So I feel like I'm going to have a therapy session right now. <laughs> so <laughs> totally fine. Um, when I think about setting boundaries, I always think about pushing people away. So now I'm like, okay, I need to think about, no, it's not not letting people in, but I'm just protecting what my values are. So I have a question off of that. Um, mm-hmm. I am a recovering people pleaser. Like, I don't even know if I can recovering. I'm still like halfway up that hill. Yeah. And I am telling you, like if somebody, if I need to change plans or something needs to be changed for whatever reasons, I am telling you, I will go like completely out of my way, make something completely miserable for myself before I ever think of asking the other person if we could change something. Um, So what would you do in that situation? Because I understand that that's probably a boundary with me as well as like Mm -hmm. other people, but it's kind of terrifying to be like, no, no, I can't do that. Well, I I think one of the things, like where I start with my clients is asking them, what are the benefits of people pleasing? Because when, when we, because there actually are benefits or like, that's what our brain tells us, right? Like I'm doing this where I'm saying yes, because I'm trying to get a certain reaction or action from this person. So for me, when I looked at my people pleasing, my benefits were being liked, right? If I mm-hmm. always say yes, I'm being liked. Or if I always say yes, people are more likely to adhere to my request. Like they won't have any, like pushback if I ask them to do something, because if I'm doing it for them, they should do it for me. Right. This idea of this lie that they told us, if you're, if you're nice to people, people are going to be nice to you, which is a total Mm -hmm. lie, right? Like you've, you've probably seen it where you've put boundaries in or you've said yes to things and then feel completely just, um, drained because the other person didn't reciprocate the same, you know, action. Mm -hmm. So that makes you feel bad and you don't know, well, what is the thing that I need to stop doing and ask you, why does this person, maybe it's this particular person, maybe it's a particular action that you just feel like you need to do. What benefit do you get out of keeping that people pleasing behavior? I would start asking yourself that. Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) That's the, that is going to be like the biggest question I have to sit and ask myself that. Um, But you also, okay. That probably goes to the whole, like you think that you're helping yourself and protecting yourself, but if we're going to dig deeper, you know, we're not protecting the long-term Leah. I get that. Um, okay. So we're, we're going to start with looking at protecting our peace. Okay. Now what's the next step? Like, what are some strategies we can do for like, okay, this is where I need to set some boundaries to protect my peace. How do we go about that? Yeah. So I think the first thing is, um, first assessing, like, what is, what is it that I want to feel after putting this boundary, right? Like, is it, what do I want to communicate to? Right. So, uh, boundaries are sometimes like, I want something from someone 
or I want to stop feeling this way. So even identifying like, okay, emotionally, maybe it's someone that you have a conflict with and maybe it's a friend who um, isn't reciprocating the same type of, you know, like action or appreciation for the friendship, but you don't, you, you fear that by telling them that it would cause them to react or think badly about you again, that's the thing that stops most people. The fact that they are worried about the action and reaction from the other person, but we can't control what that other person (laughs) feels or wants to act, but we can control how that makes us feel. So you have to ask yourself, am I, do I want to keep disappointing myself in, in order to, you just be in good, in the good graces of this person, or could I communicate? And it starts with, I feel this, right? So I feel, um, I feel hurt when you don't text me in the morning, what I need from you is right. So I feel insert, whatever it is that you're feeling, do not minimize your emotion. So it's not, I feel like I feel that, you know, like, cause that's minimizing what you're actually feeling. And so then that makes your boundaries very porous, very, very like, okay, well, I kind of want this from you, or I think that you should, you know, I think that, no, you know, what I need is for you to text me in the morning. Um, you know, for you to tell me how much you appreciate my friendship. Um, and then allow the space. Okay. Well, you know, I didn't know you felt that way, right? Allow the space for the other person to say, well, why am I not doing this? Because the other person never knew it's a problem. Also, you're changing the terms and conditions of your friendship, right? Because now you're saying, okay, now I need this from you. So of course that person's going to feel whatever they're going to feel hurt or attacked because this was never brought up. Right. So it's more of saying like, well, this is how I, not you always, you did this, you do that. That is more of like, when we start using you statements, we're coming to attack. I don't know if if you've ever heard anybody just say like, well, you, you always flake or you, you're always late and it doesn't Um, feel good. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So I'm over here. It's like I told you I was going to therapy. I'm like, I always get frustrated with people. And as you were saying this, I realized that I'm always like, oh, you don't do this. Not that I say it, but I think it. I'm like, you don't do this. I wish you would do this, blah, blah, blah. Like you never told them that I felt a certain way when they did that. I just expected them to be better and magically read my mind. So, you know. Yeah. And that's a, that's a thing. Like we all have sometimes a weak sense of identity. Um, so we feel like, um, we base how, how we feel about ourselves on how others treat us. And so when we, so, so it's, it's identity work, it's like allowing yourself to define like, okay, well, why is it the fact that I'm just giving too much and not receiving anything? Um, have I communicated this? Right? Most likely you have not. Most likely you have learned that if you show someone how you want them to behave, right, based on your own actions, that they would do, they will reciprocate that. But a lot of people don't understand why you're acting that way. A lot of people just feel like that. That's how she are. She's always the friend that's always available or she, and then that puts too much pressure on us to show out differently. Or we feel like, well, I always say yes to this. So if I say no, it's going to like, 
they're not going to like me or Mm -hmm. they're going to think something else of me. But no, it's more of like, if you're feeling that way, that means that a boundary need to be in place. And if they give you pushback, that is also an indicator that that boundary should have been in place. Um, Because yeah, like, oh, there's one thing, people don't want to put boundaries because they don't want to feel guilt. Yeah, that's me. But discomfort is part of the process. That was going to be my next question. I was going to be like, so what happens if you set the boundary and then you just go, oh my gosh, what on earth did I just do? (laughs) Right. It's part of the process because putting a boundary is advocating for the life that you want. When Mm. you don't put a boundary, you're saying other people get to dictate the life that I want. So if nobody else is living it. So, yeah. And then you feel like you have no control over your life and it's like, Um, yes, you do. You are able to put these, um, healthy boundaries, uh, about your time, about your physical space, your emotional space, your time, right? I feel, uh, what do you feel for you are some boundaries that you tend to like, it's hard for you to like, keep them for me. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Now I have to like, think on the spot. Okay. So for me, honestly, one of mine will be like, um, getting off, like cutting off work. This is even just with my clients at a specific mm-hmm. time. Like, um, Leah has to be done by like 9 PM. I'm not doing anything else. Um, and I will always find myself, like, I will say these things. Um, but then I will find myself like, Oh no, like I'll just check and see if anybody needed something. Cause what if they need something? And then like, I didn't answer in time. Yeah. Still working on that one. I didn't answer in time. And then therefore they're going to think I'm a bad coach or I don't care about them or I'm not invested in their health. We could just keep going. (laughs) Right. So that's all these things, all these things that we tell ourselves that, and I always, I, I always say when you're ruminating about this, when you're worrying, ask yourself, who told you that? Myself. Yourself, right? Because nobody told you that you're a bad coach. Nobody told you that you're a flake. You know, nobody told you that um, you're not actually helping them. And I I think part of that is like, well, how am I helping them, right? When you're finding your inner self critic come up and tell you, like, these are all the things why you should be looking at your email, even though you said, because then what happens is when we try to put a boundary, but then we ourselves don't honor that boundary that we put in place it's telling that person oh it's okay whatever she told me oh this is her um this is when she's available oh that doesn't matter because she she will still text me at or text me or boxer me or send me an email at 10 p.m so it's okay for me to message her at 10 p.m and expect a response mm-hmm. and then it spirals and then I get frustrated because I feel like people are pushing my boundaries and I'm like, you're not even holding them yourself. Yes. So part of being, you know, building a boundary is being clear about the boundary to both yourself. And if it's with, if the boundary involves other people, um, making sure you've been thoughtful about the boundary issue and also have identified a consequence if that person doesn't um, accept your boundary. And th- don't think of consequences as like, oh, this very bad thing. Like, I'm going to stop being your friend of you. No, it's more of like, so I I used to have a client who would um, 
I would say, this is what my time is. And they would always text me and like, Hey, I haven't heard from you. You haven't texted me back. And I was, and I waited, I was uncomfortable. I saw it just like you. I was like, okay, I'm going to look at my email and I saw it. And I'm like, if I reply, this is going to say that this is acceptable behavior. So then I actually know I have to check in with this client. So I checked in after during my normal business hours. And I said, Hey, the, my boundary is that I only answer calls within this time. If you do not respect this, I will have to. And then I said, I, I will have to maybe send you more reminders, right. About that. This is my boundary. So, but not, I'm going to take you off as a client or not this. No, it's like, I'm helping that person understand and learn boundaries because maybe they never learned it. But if there's no consequence to putting that boundary or them not honoring it, then they have nothing to want. Like they have nothing, no purpose to actually respect it. Right. So knowing that you have to have a consequence and also I feel like a lot of people are not going to be comfortable with this is also knowing that you have to repeat your boundary. That is me. Okay. So this, okay, this, all my clients are probably listening to this. So here, here's Leah's boundary. But um, one of my biggest issues or one of my biggest pet peeves is getting health, like personal questions in my Instagram DMs. And I'm like, I lose track of them. I can't be answering them, like put them on Boxer (laughs) or in our client call or something like that, where I can keep track of them. I can show up in that health coach um, as your practitioner space on Instagram. Sometimes I'm just like Leah, like on Instagram, like what are my friends doing? (laughs) Um, And I have, I always set that boundary, but I will get people that will press that boundary. And oh my goodness, like I struggle with repeating it. I'm just like, I don't even know what I think. I I don't even know what happens, but it's like I mentally black out or something. And I think it may be like, um, it it may be another way, like as a business owner, how can you automate that part? If it, it feels uncomfortable for you to repeat that boundary when it comes to like your DMs or anything like that, like having a, uh, you know, an automated message that says like, this is when my time is. So if they say anything, I always like, if somebody, if they emailed me past my time, I always come back and I honor the fact that they didn't bombard me with emails. I say, thank you so much for being so patient. This is your answer to your request. I don't say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Right. Cause now I'm like, why am I saying sorry for something that I put in place and a boundary that I want you to honor? Instead, I'm going to say, I know, I, I know that you waited patiently. I know that this boundary doesn't feel comfortable for you. I know that what you have to say is important. So I'm just going to say, thank you so much for, you know, respecting my time. And this is how I can help support you. Right. But yeah, I think the biggest thing about boundaries is just learning how to cope with the discomfort about establishing that boundary. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And just, yeah, being confident about like, I'm going to stick to this. And I like how you said consequences, like, and it's not necessarily bad consequences, just that like, if they're going to push it, like this is what happens. So I love that. Okay. I need to practice that. Um, Yeah. And I think the biggest takeaway is just like, there's no such thing as guilt-free boundaries. Guilt is part of the process and guilt guilt typically happens as a result of thinking that we did something bad. So it comes from your programming about telling people, and it might be like coming, like, 
you know, growing up that if you said something, people would say, make you feel bad about you saying something, people minimizing your emotions. And so that's how you feel guilty about even taking up space. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. And I think sometimes we think that if we set a boundary, we're going to just feel overwhelming peace all of a sudden. And that doesn't really happen. Yeah. Eventually, eventually. Eventually, it's one of those things where it's like um, short-term discomfort for long-term stress relief. Yes, that's what I need. Um, Okay, which takes me to my next question. So we have so many moms on here. We love moms. How do we prioritize self-care? Because, I mean, I'm sure you heard it. Also, women that are really busy with work, um, we just, you know, there's something that's always going to top it. Like taking care of ourselves, like it's not necessarily a priority to us. Like we need to, we have to check this thing off the to-do list. Like we need to go get diapers. Our kids need this or whatever. So how do we prioritize it? Because Leah talks about it being extremely important. Right. And I think it's also like, so you know, for 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 women who are mothers who have all these other responsibilities, right, and who pride themselves in you know showing up in the best way for their children, right? Um, it's kind of like recognizing like why, what is it about? What have I learned growing up that says that I shouldn't put myself first, right? What happens when I don't put myself first, right? Like what consequences do I end up seeing? One, well, overworked, I'm overthinking, my kid is having you know tantrums or just seeing like the results and of the consequences of you not putting those, you know, self-care as a priority. And even so maybe dedicating, because I think a lot of, just like any habit, self-care is a habit and self-care is not always um, comfortable. It's That's not also always bubble thing. baths. No, it's not right. Self-care is caring for yourself, just like you care for your child. It's about caring for yourself. So ask yourself, have I cared for myself just as much as how I've cared for my child? So if like your child, you, you know, you, you wake up and you're probably like, oh my gosh, I need to, you know, I want to make, I need to make sure that my, you know, my kid goes to bed on time, right? I need to make sure that my kid eats the right foods or that my kid um, is excelling in school or all these things. Those are questions that you also need to revert back. Am I doing those things? Like, why am I, why am I making all of these expectations for myself to do this for my kid, but I'm not honoring those things for myself. I'm not asking myself, like, what do you need today? Do I need to have a glass of water? Do I need to just have some, you know, mommy time? Why do I feel guilty if I ask my spouse for time? I've had a lot of clients tell me like, I just feel guilty like asking my my husband to watch the kids because maybe they're um, the maybe they 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 the, the mom is like a work from home mom and they um, like the husband's just coming out from a long day of work. And it's like, it's both of your responsibilities, right? Like it's, it's both of your responsibilities and it's okay to say, Hey, I need my time. Like I let's maybe schedule it ahead so that it doesn't feel like you're taking away, um, the responsibility that you have. And it's, and saying like, I am responsible. I am a good mom. I am someone who shows up for my kids but I need to show up for myself Um, and just reclaiming, you know, your inner peace again. It's just like this boundaries. um, Self-care is a boundary, right? That we have to honor for ourselves. And if we aren't actually 
considering it as an important part of our life, then that's that, that may say that, okay, well, we are, we don't want to prioritize it, right? Mm-hmm. Prioritizing is making something of importance and putting that first, right? Yeah. And actually taking the actions to put that first. So I say maybe the easiest thing that I've had moms do to start prioritizing is waking up and having their own me time, even if it is 15 minutes, or even if it is just in the shower, right? Like in the shower, having your, your me time, whether that is letting your emotions out, sometimes we can carry like, I need to be tough, but sometimes it's hard. Maybe your child, um, through a tantrum, uh, a tantrum, maybe you didn't get the client that you needed it's okay to cry about it. Like, it's okay to just like, let it out and say like, I am feeling all of these things and I need to prioritize healthily regulating my emotions. And by healthily regulating my emotions, it's not minimizing them. It's actually showing up because what am I teaching my child? Am I teaching my child that child, they shouldn't process their emotions. And even ask yourself, like, would, would I treat my child in this way? You like, no, you shouldn't have a good night's sleep. No, you shouldn't, um, you know, have that treat. You probably wouldn't. You probably be like, no, yeah, they deserve it. Or um, if they were, if they didn't sleep well, they would say, oh, honey, maybe you need a nap, right? That's the same way, the same compassion that we show for others, we need to show it for ourselves. So I feel like there is no magic strategy to prioritize your self-care, but it's more of, again, going back to guilt, it's part of the process, feeling guilty because we're saying, okay, we're saying that we're choosing ourselves um, before we can choose someone else. And that can be really hard if you grew up thinking, I I grew up in a household where um, when we would have like dinner parties, it would be feed all of the men first and then feed yourself last. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but I'm hungry. (laughs) You know, so, and it was hard to just like reprogram that. Um, And I, like, it's okay for me to eat first and then, you know, like respect all the other wonderful people in my life. Um, But it is hard when, if you grew up in a household that said you come last before anybody else. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel like you just opened a thousand kettles of fish. (laughs) Um, Just talking about like regulating emotions and feeling them, which I think is huge. But something you said I wanted to just repoint out is that self-care is not the Hollywood glamorized version of self-care. You know, self-care isn't always chocolate and flowers. Like actually rarely is it chocolate and flowers. Like, yes, we do love chocolate and flowers, but rarely is it that, um, you know, self-care can be making food that makes you feel good. Self-care can be actually like prioritizing and investing and taking care of your health. Like finally going to see somebody, it can be therapy. It can be like bawling your eyes out, like in a workout to get it out. And something you said that I I'm going to highlight for everybody else is think about how you would take care of your kid and then ask, like, are you taking care of yourself? And I think that is so important because, I mean, I know I'm going to make sure my child gets three meals a day. I'm going to make sure he gets outside and gets sun and, you know, walks in the, in the grass and gets time to play and gets time to cuddle on the couch. Like, um, 
but you just think you're an adult. So you don't, you don't need those things anymore. Yeah. You're an adult that still has an inner child that may have unmet needs. And by you not prioritizing your self-care, maybe that is that unmet need that you were told that it was never okay for you to um, be kind to yourself, for you to put yourself first than anybody else. So even asking yourself when you're creating a self-care plan, um, because self-care requires effort, time, and planning. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It does. Um, But it's identifying what you need. So it's like asking yourself, how do I feel emotionally? Name, name your feeling, being as descriptive as you can, then how does my body feel? Right? Like you talk about like hormones and stuff. like, how does my body feel? Notice Mm -hmm. things like pain, energy level, tension, heart rate, breathing, all this is so important. Um, And what do I need to bring myself back to wellness or contentment? And I think that's the biggest thing. Like you don't have to have this full on self-care plan bubble bath. It's just simply asking yourself these questions. How do I feel? What does my body feel? What do I need to bring myself back to contentment using how we feel and our body sensations to identify what we need. And it could be as simple as I need a food and water or I need, um, connection, right? Maybe I need to be playing with my kid. Maybe I'm just feeling lonely, right? Your feelings tell you exactly what you need. You're feeling lonely. You need connection. You're feeling sad. You may need to cry. You're feeling angry. You may need to scream, right? Like, or you may need to, um, focus on your breathing. You're feeling anxious. Like our feelings have so much, They tell us so much, but we often want to just write it off and like not feel it because we've associate anger, anxiety, um, sadness as negative emotions that we just, I mean, I remember growing up and would cry and my mom would say, stop crying. And I'm like, why? If I, if I just fell off a bike, I'm going to sure as hell cry. You know, if I just got rejected or didn't get an A, because at the time I was like a super overachiever, I'm going to cry about it because my expectation didn't come true. And I deserve to just feel this, not push it away. Cause then we start getting with, I shoulds and we should all over ourselves all the time. We always say like, I should have done this, or I should have done that. Why? Why should you have done all these things? You know, so I think it's not one size fits all for any moms out there. It's just important to figure out like, what can I do to listen to my own needs and provide myself compassion the same way I provide for those around me? Mm-hmm. It's just simple. So many, so many truth bombs, um, which brings me right into my last question for you, which is how do we do that? while struggling with like not needing to be perfect at it you know how once you start one of these things you just want to be all or nothing Mm -hmm. yes I think it's like man with perfectionism there's gonna be so many things but I feel like it's acknowledging your fears for, for first of all I think we all have when we show up um when our perfectionism shows up it's honestly probably because we're not honoring a fear or we don't want that fear to come true. So this could be fear of failure, fear of success. I've had that Mm -hmm. a lot. Like what happens if I, if this happens, how am I going to sustain it? Or fear of rejection, fear of judgment, um, all of these things. So even asking yourself, challenging your thoughts, like, are my fears accurate? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
Is this accurate for me? Is this a helpful thought for me to actually have to do it perfectly? Like, do I have to perfectly, you know, do, I don't know. um, Could you give me an example of what something, what you feel maybe you've seen in clients that they want to do perfectly and that just like stops them from actually like implementing? Yes. Um, all the time. This will be like their nutrition. This will be their supplement routine. This will be their exercise routine. This will be like, um, you know, managing stress when it comes to their job. Um, it's either all or nothing, either I'm going to be perfect with my nutrition or I'm going to be eating at McDonald's. (laughs) So it's like, doesn't need to be perfect, but Right. So it might even just asking yourself, like framing that negative self-talk into, I mean, so I would say write a cue list. So what do you typically um, stop? What typically happens to stop yourself from actually um, creating like falling through on your nutrition plan? If it's that you love McDonald's, like okay, that's okay. So then you might need to add McDonald's to your, to your, you know, and maybe it's just once a week. Right. Um, because the more, if we start getting to these things of like restricting ourselves from the things Mm -hmm. that we love, then it can be all or nothing. And I remember the same way, like I would tell myself, I need to work out four times a week, not knowing that my present self is making the decisions for my future self, which I don't even know what my future self wants. Mm-hmm. So your present self, you have to be making those decisions more being more present, more here in the now and making your judgments there. Right. So even saying like, it's okay if I have McDonald's, to, you know, for lunch at, because, you know, for dinner, I'm going to make myself some food. Um, and, and just like listening to what the negative mindset is telling you, like, Sometimes we can stop ourselves from doing things. We can say things like, it's boring. It's hard. It's not important. It will take too long. Saying all of that, all of that energy that you're using to say all of that negative self-talk is literally what's creating this obstacle from you actually doing it. So actually start saying more realistic or encouraging self-talk. Something that I used to say, and this is an example of like me creating Instagram captions. I would say, I hate writing Instagram. I hate writing emails. And I'm like, well, that's not going to actually motivate me (laughs) to do it. So I say, so I say more realistically, it only takes 30 minutes. It's not that bad. I get to get ahead of my planning this week if I do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's more realistic. That is more encouraging. I'm not making it a, I'm not putting all these obstacles by saying it's boring. It's hard. It's not important. It's going to take too long. Of course, if we, if we start saying those things, it's going to create this resistance for us to actually do the things that we need to do. Um, I also like this. uh, I like to write down like what I want to get done for the day. And I use the five minute rule when I'm not uh, feeling the five minute rule is so just for, so whatever it is that you want to do, just put a timer and for five minutes, do that thing. Once the timer is done, you could either continue doing whatever it is you were doing, or you don't have to, but at least you've at least started five, you're five minutes in. It's Mm -hmm. more tolerable for five minutes than to say, oh, it's going to take me two hours. Psychologically, it's much easier to motivate yourself for five minutes and it helps you gain momentum of the thing. So when you're implementing like a new nutrition plan or a self-care plan, 
make it very short because if it, you already, if it's something that you struggle to keep consistency, the if you make it like a month goal or a quarterly goal, it might not be realistic for you because you've never gotten that far. So mm-hmm. you have to start small. So it's maybe for that, for this week, I want to work out twice, uh, twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also don't be rigid with the things that you need to do. Like sometimes we can say, I need to do this in the morning. If you set your, 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 um, your goal that way, I need to do this every morning. What happens that morning when your kid gets sick? What happens in the morning when, um, just everything goes wrong and you throw mm-hmm. coffee on yourself and you're not going to feel up for doing that workout. Right. So right. I, for me, like working out, I'll just say, I'll work out twice this week. And so if all week, Monday, Friday, right, Friday rolls around and I'm like, dang it, I haven't worked out. That's okay. Cause I have Saturday and Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pressure myself to not do it, but the more realistic that, that I keep my goals, the more I'm able to do it. So, and always treat yourself compassion be- with compassion because, um, you're not always going to be, your energy is not always at a hundred percent. And mm-hmm. you speak a lot about this, right? About yeah. our energy at different phases of our cycle is not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are Give next. So why Exactly. So why are we putting um, goals or things um, to keep up with that we know as humans, we are not meant to be consistent? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can try for consistency, but it doesn't always work. Consistency with like little things like over time, you know, and I think when I see so many women with their health, it's the consistency over time that wins out. It's not I'm great for one week and then not great for two weeks. And, um, for example, like I have a one-on-one client and she's traveled like twice in this past month and, um, she's out with friends and she's drinking and doing all of the things. And so her priorities are very different than when she's at home. And so we have a different set list for her while she's on vacation, um, for her hormone happiness. Cause that's still the goal is her hormone health, but maybe how we go about it is different while she's on vacation. And, um, the fact that you said like, they've never done it before two weeks, two months. And so it seems unrealistic, I think is honestly one of the biggest mental blocks I have with a lot of women literally starting their health journey because they've never felt good. So they can't imagine feeling good. They've never stuck to anything for more than five days. They can't imagine like making it lifestyle. And that's where the step-by-step is so powerful because it's like, no matter how overwhelmed you are, like literally just got an email from someone like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, that's fine. Your goal is to vote on the group call time and order your magnesium. That's all you do. That's all you need to do right now. She goes, oh, I can do that. I'm like, Yes. Yes, you can. And that is where, um, that's where working with someone or getting out of your head, getting the bird's eye view, we get so caught up and it's so hard to be like unbiased when it comes to our health and uh, and our life. And we make things hard. Like often, often action is always going to solve whatever discomfort. Like when we procrastinate, um, we're only temporarily relieving anxiety, but then we store all this energy and then it's long-term anxiety. So if you ever have any clients where all of a sudden I'm like having a mental breakdown, 
okay, you got to ask yourself, what have I been avoiding? What have I been avoiding um, and have been procrastinating? Because that's going to give you clues on your discomfort. And that's going to give you clues on what boundaries I should put in place, what my needs are, right? Have I been pushing myself on overdrive to do things that honestly don't make sense? And also um, for anybody who's looking to start like really healthy, you know, habits, I love um, James Clear's Atomic Habits. It's such a good book um, because he really talks about identity and identifying the things that we want. So instead of saying I'm not a morning person, well, by saying that you're not going to become one, but mm-hmm. it's more of I am a morning person. And these are the things that I do to get myself to that. And even asking yourself on my worst days, how can I keep this up? on my worst days. I always end my therapy sessions when I say, okay, is that, I ask them, is that something that you can handle this week? Is that what, what challenges do you see happening? And by them, they're like, oh, you know, I have this going on or this going on. So this is going to challenge me, or, um, I feel challenged with putting boundaries with my family. So we know, okay. So with that being said, the expectation is that you may fail this week (laughs) and that you, and you may not do it all, you know, all the way. And that is okay. Because we notice that there's some challenges. So what can you do on your, like on your worst day? How can you make this happen? Oh, you know, I could at least, you know, bring it up or I could at least do this one task that I haven't been um, up for. But yeah, asking yourself on your worst day, how can I keep this up? So I recommend James Clear Atomic Habits. And then if you're a mom who is struggling with giving yourself kindness, I recommend um, Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff, wonderful therapist. And she talks a lot about how can we be kind to ourselves? And I love it because she talks about she's more of a storyteller. So for me, I love learning through other people's stories. So she really does help. Um, she talks about having a, a child with, uh, on the spectrum and so how she had to provide herself compassion. Cause she was saying like, what did I do wrong to, you know, for my child to end up, you know, mm-hmm. um, having, a, being on the spectrum, she didn't do anything wrong. Like she didn't, it just so mm-hmm. happens that that's what, you know, that's what happened. And so now she had to really unlearn all these negative self-talk that over the time she didn't know yes. were really deep rooted. Oh. That's so good. I need to get that book. Um, so good. I have some reading to do. So, okay. How can people find you? How can they learn more from you? Give me all of the spaces where we can connect. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I typically post all my content on Instagram and that is Cafe with Monica. And then I also have a podcast. There is something for everyone. I actually have a podcast episode called How to Put Self-Love and Self-Care into Action. So I recommend that it's um, the podcast is Cafe with Monica. You could find it anywhere, Apple Spotify, all the, all the platforms. And then recently got into TikTok and that is coffee and therapy. So yes, uh, follow me there. I give you all the tips um, and everything that you need to know to get into better, to put mental health as a priority. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.